0: And welcome to this as yet unnamed social justice comedy podcast. Uh, We're going to work on a title as we're um, getting ready to publish. Uh, I'm Kate Rogan, your host. With me today is Felicia McLeod, the amazing Felicia McLeod. Um, Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into it. I know, and like you're you're the you're the first episode. You've been such an amazing partner already. So appreciate it, but want to tell the audience a little bit about you. Mm. Um, so Felicia is an improviser, a writer, a voiceover actress, and a teacher, based here in Chicago, Illinois. You began your comedy career at Second City Chicago, and you've completed the conservatory and the Bob Curry Fellowship programs. Uh, you can find Felicia with her group, uh, Matt Damon Improv. Or in her head, learning how to read tarot cards. Mm -hmm. I want to hear more about tarot cards. And then (laughs) I feel like you've also left something off of this bio that like we can add after we hear about tarot cards. But um, but let's talk about the tarot cards. Yeah, I feel like people are scared of
1: approaching tarot cards because they're like, I don't want to get the death card or it's going to tell me my future. When to me, tarot cards are just a way for you to start a conversation with yourself based off of whatever the card is. Cause you'll get a card where it's like the sun and it'll tell you the definition of it. And Mm -hmm. some way that still like aligns with something going on in your life that maybe you've been ignoring or you haven't been paying attention to so it brings it to light and then you're able to like work through those things so i think it's cool to like figure out tarot cards and like reading and it's it's been wild reading for my roommates because it's the people i can test on (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah i love that yeah and like you're like no just come for one more reading just one more reading i know we just did it five minutes ago but i i want to practice knocking on the bedroom door
1: hello do you have time so uh the way like we started was i was like i'll read for myself first to like make Mm -hmm. everybody comfortable and then the cards read me for filth and then (laughs) afterwards i'm like crying and i'm like so who's next (laughs)
0: who's (laughs) interested
1: and they're like you know what i'm gonna go to bed and i was like okay like, it's like
0: four o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, no, no, no. I'm just really tired. I got to get out of here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. But it's super interesting. So I'm like fresh and trying to figure out what
0: my tarot card readings mean. <sighs> and stuff. I love this. I feel like I need to, we need to have you back and have you do a tarot card reading. Cause I've never really done one. Like I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea what's involved. Yeah, Like, I don't know what, like my rising like I know that tarot cards are different from astrology (laughs) I I don't want to merge the two or conflate the two but they do kind of like intersect a little bit yeah okay all right yeah so I feel like maybe I need to get into this this can be my next pandemic project but I feel like you left something off of your bio you've also launched a podcast recently yes I have a
1: podcast called unlearning where I talk about things that I had to unlearn uh, in my adult life to try to be a better person that I desire to be and it's super interesting because I'm able to talk about like things in religion, relationships, race, po- politics. So me and my friend Matt just have a discussion. And once in a while, we have a guest come on so we can just like dive in and talk about things that we had to unlearn.
0: I love it. And I've listened to the first episode, the one about mistakes. Mm. And so good. Like highly recommend. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> um, so fun. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so fun. And so where can people find you if they want to find you? If you go to the Trident Network, um, then
1: you can see the unlearning podcast there. Um you can email if you are feel comfortable sharing your story at unlearning a podcast at gmail.com and tell me about a time that you had to unlearn something or if you have any feedback about the podcast, would love to hear it. Oh, I feel like I just have to
0: learn unlearn so much shit <laughs> as a woman. Like like Truly. There's, there's just a lot. So yeah. Maybe maybe I mean, I'm glad that you've shared the email address, but like be careful because I may start spamming you with some other things that I'm just like really working through. Um, can you guys talk about that and help me out? Thank you. No, I love it. I need it. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is a pandemic. We're spinning up a podcast in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. What have you been doing to sort of like cope? What are some shows that you're watching? I feel like I consistently just get into murder mysteries, which feels like very, um, on brand for my mm. millennial age of white woman you know <laughs> to get into these like very dark murder mysteries but maybe there's something else i should be watching again. yeah it is i did a deep dive of like cult
1: uh documentaries and like tv shows Ooh, and yeah. then i was like this is too dark i need something to brighten my day and that will last for a very long time so i started mm-hmm. watching gray's Oh, okay. Um yeah. thinking like this show will be there's 16 seasons, 17 if I want to catch <laughs> there are up. Like 20 episodes, and each there's week. like yeah, there's 25 each one. So I was like, I'll never catch up. And now <laughs> I'm on season nine, so I'm like buzzing right through. Oh, um, but you're
0: you're only halfway.
1: <laughs> I know, and and I thought like this show will at least the show won't leave me. Not <laughs> thinking about like oh people are gonna die. Every episode, people die. And I'm like, can we have one episode where, I don't know, they have a good time? Or yeah. they have successful surgeries and then everything's just okay? There's not one episode.
0: Wait, okay. So I've on- I have only watched Grey's Anatomy like the first two or three seasons when it first came out. Mm. Like, loved it. But then, I don't know, like stopped watching it. But yeah, you're right. I don't think there was, like, even then there wasn't a single episode where nobody died. Even during like wedding episodes,
1: you're like, (laughs) can't they just have a wedding? Can't they just have joy? And it's like, no, uh, a bus of kids got hit. So everybody has to like leave (laughs) the wedding early to go. And then somebody's wife dies and you're like, what is Mm -hmm. happening? I just wanted to watch a wedding.
0: Just yeah. doing CPR in bridesmaids dresses and like using that garter for some sort of tourniquet. Like, uh, yeah. This episode <laughs> I mean, I, just I haven't watched. seen this episode, but is that what happened? Yes.
1: This episode I just watched, she was wearing her wedding dress and on her way there. And then they got a call that somebody's wife was in the hospital. So they turn around, she goes in and she knows it's too much for him to operate on his own wife. So she's like, get me out of this dress. And then she like goes right into uh, the OR or whatever. And I'm like, <sighs> she was on her way to her wedding
0: oh yeah there's got to be somebody else on staff <laughs> there like, has, yeah. be bad staffing that is what that show is yeah and that's <laughs> it's a lesson in, in poor hr management got it <laughs> got it got it got it okay oh shonda rhimes just teaching us so much truly <laughs> i'm blown yeah. um i do feel like there is sort of an issue related to um Grey's Anatomy that kind of ties in with our selected show topic for the day, Mm -hmm. which is cancel culture. And again, like early on in Grey's Anatomy, Isaiah Washington, like, Mm -hmm. was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. He, the actor that played, I can't remember, but he was Sandra O's love interest. Dr. Burke. Okay. And he said some pretty awful homophobic things Mm -hmm. about a co-star and there was i feel like it was like an earlier example of sort of like cancellation happening Mm -hmm. for somebody and um i think it's just like an interesting lead into our topic today but it feels like people weren't really talking about canceling back then like the way that they are now
1: yeah i think this is all we really have to think about and then um yeah so it's so like bright where people are like cancel culture is just like really Mm -hmm. pulling through everybody and you're like "Mm," or it's just like consequences for people's bad actions isaiah just had to not say those things and then he'd still probably be on the show yeah
0: yeah yeah I feel like um, also, given that this is the first episode of our podcast, I should probably mention like what the goal of the podcast is. And maybe Ooh. I should have done that further <laughs> up, closer to the top, but whatever. Like, we can record something out. later. Yeah. Yeah. So like when we say a social justice comedy podcast, what we're trying to do is take a social justice topic or something that's like buzzworthy in the news right now as it relates to social justice and, um, and activism. Break it down, give folks a little bit of the sort of like the history, how it's playing out in the in our lives today, what yeah. people can do to learn more and engage further if they're interested. We hope that you are. And then uh, also the goal is to like make you laugh along the way. Like that's yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And our topic today <laughs> is cancel culture. So we're a little far in to do that, <laughs> to do that intro. But I think it's perfect timing okay. yeah, to wrap it all you. in. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you. <laughs> excited that you think so. So um, I think it's helpful a little bit to sort of like start out with some definitions. So like, what mm-hmm. is cancel culture? What does it mean to be canceled? What do words even mean? I mean, maybe we don't have to get into words and language, but like we can stay focused <laughs> a little bit. But so I pulled some definitions um, beautiful, because I can use Google. Um, nice. And so cancel culture, here's the definition. It's the practice or tendency of engaging in mass canceling as a way of expressing disapproval and exerting social pressure. This often occurs via social media. Mm. So that's one definition. And then I did read an NPR article that I am failing to, I'm realizing that I failed to write down the author of, but I'll include it in the show notes when when we go through it. (laughs) But uh It's also another way that sort of people define canceling is it is used to refer to a cultural boycott. We've had the term boycott forever and ever. It just means Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put my attention or money or support behind this person or organization because they've done something that I don't agree with. That is not new. That is very old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I like sort of like those two definitions. And then... just because we brought it up in case people are interested like here's the definition of a word um a single distinct meaningful element of speech <laughs> or writing used with others or sometimes alone to form a sentence and typically shown with a space on either side when written or printed so just a refresh on what on what words sometimes are. you forget cuz i yeah. forget yeah and, <laughs> and now honestly, i remember <laughs> out of all of those definitions i feel like the definition for word is the most convoluted mm-hmm. <laughs> but moving on Pre- plowing ahead um so definitions done i think what we'd love to hear from you felicia because i know you did a little bit of research on this is like yes who came up with this shit like what is cancel culture can we hear about the history of it
1: yes um really this blew my mind i got a quote from the Vox. this article called why we can't stop fighting against cancel culture by asia romano um, and in there it says it's the ironic it's ironic that the concept of canceling shares its DNA with a misogynistic joke. Possibly the first reference to canceling someone comes from in the 1991 film New Jack City, in which Wesley Snipes plays a gangster named Nino Brown. in one na- in one scene after his girlfriend breaks down because of all the violence he's causing, he dumps her by saying, "Cancel that bitch, I'll buy another. <laughs>
0: all right. <laughs> This is fascinating. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Because
1: I remember watching this. Also, I, I was too young to watch this movie, but I remember. I, I was just this thinking. Movie. I was like, I don't remember
0: much about New Jack City, but I remember I was way too young to be viewing it. <laughs> yeah. At the time. And so, I and I had that thought at the time. I was like, <laughs> I should, "This this is too much. I I feel this is too much." Yeah. I
1: didn't have the right words at the time to exactly. know. But now I know I was not ready for it, and if it wasn't for the screenwriter Barry Michael Cooper
0: who put this on us and we didn't ask for that oh my gosh cancel that bitch i'll get another (laughs) i do like it does feel like one like taken out of a different context and like popped into a different show Mm -hmm. that does sound like an amazing line but it does feel very misogynistic where (laughs) where it came from like if, if we're in a different context you're like oh that's hilarious and like snappy but yeah maybe not in this misogynistic context (laughs)
1: if rupaul was to say this i probably would be like okay cancel that bitch but the fact that it was like nino brown from this movie new jack city it was like that's too far yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh but that's so interesting okay so it shows up in new jack city um and i feel like now i'm gonna have to go back and watch that damn movie again Um, Same. like what other sort of Foundational cultural concepts have we missed from from New York City? Well, <laughs> it, we it got its
1: first like big boost in the zeitgeist from episode of VH1's reality show Love and Hip Hop New York that aired in December 2014, uh-huh. where cast member Cisco Rosado tells her love interest Diamond Strawberry during a fight, "You canceled," and then that mm-hmm. quote began to appear on social media, and then from there, the idea of canceling began to disseminate um, to black throughout Black Twitter in 2015 using a reaction to someone doing something you disapprove of, either jokingly or seriously. And then it progressed to celebrities.
0: Okay. Okay. So, shows up originally in New Jack City, then kind of migrates in like the modern form Mm -hmm. of using cancel as a term in VH1's Love and Hip Hop. New New York. York. New York. Okay. (laughs) Want to be specific here? Um, And then it started to sort of permeate Black Twitter, as a term or as a concept mm-hmm. more holistically throughout you said 2015 beginning yep, of 2015. 2015 okay all right yeah very interesting and that
1: snowballed to what we have today yeah
0: so in 2015 it shows up on black twitter mm-hmm. and then did you find any other like great quotes or sort of like tidbits from some of the vox articles or some of the other articles that you were reading about yeah uh, it was some really interesting stuff because it's like um,
1: I saw in the Vox article, it's if you don't have the ability to stop something through political means, what you can do is refuse to participate. For those who are doing the calling out or the canceling, the odds are they're still stacked. The odds are still stacked against them. They're still the ones without the social, political or professional power to compel someone into meaningful atonement to do much more than organize a collective boycott, which hasn't yeah has been around for so long. Boycotts. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And And it's
0: interesting that like, it's, it's social media that's sort of helping to, to drive this boycott in a way that like, hasn't Mm -hmm. been possible before. Right. And particularly, like originating out of a community that maybe hasn't always had as large of a share of a voice Mm -hmm. as they should have in like the political sort of conversation. Um, Or just Public conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. the public zeitgeist. But then Twitter comes along, and it it develops as this concept that was, it has originated out of Black Twitter as a way to sort of use the collective force of social media as a means of speaking and calling out more powerful entities, mm-hmm. like the public square. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's like that's the
1: only way that they could use their power, such as yeah. when they felt like they had no power. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fascinating. Okay, anything else that you want to say about the history of of cancel culture?
1: I liked this quote. Um, and there's a conversation isn't just about how, when, and how public figures should lose their status and their livelihood. It's about establishing new ethical and social norms and figuring out how to collectively respond when those norms are violated. Um,
0: Oh, I like to Norm Norm's violation and being able to collectively respond to it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So that's, we've gone through the history. And so I feel like, like a lot of things, uh, historical context helps to inform. And then it feels like cancel culture has become its own sort of like animal right Mm -hmm. today in the way that it's talked about in the public space and so I think that I'm going to tell tell people a little bit about sort of how cancel culture is showing up in everyday life sort of covering like just a couple topics like Mm -hmm. overview so as we talked about based on the history it's this potential for creating a collective voice um when norms have been violated right mm-hmm. and also empowering folks that typically potentially aren't haven't historically been able to participate in public conversations in the same way as other groups mm-hmm. providing space for them to do that and so when thinking about how cancel culture sort of shows up today um we have a couple different ways it's like calling out problematic behaviors for sort of random members of the public, right? Like thinking through Mm -hmm. like aggressive anti-maskers or Amy Cooper, the woman in Central Park who called Mm -hmm. 911 because a birder asked her to put her dog on a leash and like follow the law, right? And then she turned it into this very race-based conversation and used her whiteness as sort of a weapon, Mm -hmm. right? Calling 911 to try and... Get a police presence to this this incident um and rightfully in my opinion got called out for mm-hmm. for, for some bullshit, okay <laughs> like some serious bullshit. it was time she needed to yeah. yeah yeah so we have sort of like the everyday sort of Aggre- I don't even want to call them microaggressions, but just like aggressions that are happening that are being called out, norms being mm-hmm. violated and people getting called out for it on social media. And then there's also like the calling out of problematic behaviors for people with more power, right? Celebrities, politicians and or companies and mm-hmm. using the collective voice of sort of canceling um pushing for people to change, pushing for, um, boycotting of particular organizations or companies, Mm -hmm. thinking through like recent examples of sort of like Josh Hawley's book deal, right? Like Josh Hawley is from Missouri. Oh God, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my facts wrong. But, uh, He's a not helpful dude who was like backing the big lie that the election was stolen and he's a senator and he was supposed to have this book deal. And then the insurrection happened and he sort of like doubled down on his fucking narrative. Right. And ended up getting his book deal canceled and he blamed cancel culture for it
1: instead of his actions yeah right.
0: yeah instead of just being like oh wait people are reacting to something that i did and maybe maybe that's like a time for me to take a step back and do like some self-reflection and uh-huh. think about how my actions impact other people even if i had other intentions no wow. didn't, didn't work out that way spoiler alert didn't work out that way um and then also like as we're comedians you know like thinking through louis ck and what happened mm-hmm. to louis ck a couple of years ago um which seemed like really like a collective effort to be like, this dude engages in awful behavior, right? Like we should all be aware of this and think about this. And um, there were some sort of immediate impacts for him in terms of, uh, I think he had like a movie that was supposed to come out or like supposed to begin shooting that got... That gets like pushed back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just, just going to push out the timeline just a little bit until this dies down, really. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of like the two ways that cancel culture, in my view, is showing up in everyday life, right? Like average everyday people getting called out for bullshit behavior and mm-hmm. then like more powerful people getting called out for bullshit behavior. And um, when thinking about sort of impacts of canceling somebody um i think that the impacts are different based on power and prestige Mm -hmm. so like louis ck like we talked about they like pushed his film out just a little bit i'm sure it's still like on the books somewhere but um (laughs) like he disappeared from the scene for a little bit but ultimately started getting booked again after Mm -hmm. like 18 months or whatever it was yeah and based on the little bit of reading that I've done about like what his show topics have been like, or like what his stand-up has been like since um, he hasn't really spent much time, at least much stage time talking through lessons he learned or in a way that acknowledges and owns his super problematic behavior. Like, I think he's making a joke out of it. You know, it just
1: takes two, three minutes, maybe up top of him being like, yeah so I fucked up um and I'm trying to be better and uh comedy is my life so I'm I'm coming back out here and I'm asking for your apology if you don't apologize or if you don't accept it then this is there's nothing I can do but continue to grow boom I'd be at a show
0: right (laughs) seriously it takes (laughs) so little
1: (laughs) who are these PR people
0: I I hire me yes yes hire felicia oh my gosh give her some money yeah (laughs) that is is work you just did for him (laughs) (laughs) all he has to do he could just play that clip while he's coming out and then he comes out (laughs) boom and it's not like it's not like we're asking him to take two or three minutes out of like the tight five that he's allocated right like this dude gets a full 60 minute set you know like he's got the time exactly Put it in a pamphlet.
1: Like, do something. Hand it out. Yes.
0: Like, you're you're making people put their phones in those like bags now, so they can't like record anything. Just like, just hand it out as people are coming into the theater. Really like
1: Phone in. Take this slip of paper. Boom. Yeah.
0: Oh, we've we have so many options for Louis C.K. Just (laughs) get it together. Um. So, that's like Louis C.K. Not really having suffered any consequences and also getting booked now and not really mm-hmm. demonstrating any remorse or sort of learning remorse mm-hmm. yeah. um and then Josh Holly like he got a new cycle essentially right like actually ended up like elevating his sort of brand persona and ultimately like signed with another publisher right some other publisher was like no 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 we don't uh we understand that this is very upsetting for josh holly we want to make sure that he has a platform and um we'll we'll do the work with his you know, voice needs to be heard yeah absolutely. and it's like
1: and no it doesn't yeah just shut the fuck up josh sorry i had to cough
0: um how dare I? Uh, <laughs> how dare Josh? How dare Really? That's the, That's the more important question. <laughs> and then like, even for like a not famous person, all right, let's talk about Amy mm-hmm. Cooper. So employers, I think, are pretty quick to distance themselves from mm-hmm. these kind of like everyday folks that end up going viral for really, let's just call it what it is, racist, misogynistic, awful, homophobic, like- Horrible behavior and attitudes, right? Mm-hmm. Employers understandably are like, no, 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 they're not with us. Um <laughs> actually she's fired. Yeah. Actually yeah. she does not work here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she mm-hmm. does have her severance, but she does not work here right. anymore. She gets yeah. full severance, but she she's not associated with us anymore. Thank you so much. Um and like she so she lost her job she had to go through some court proceedings, but ultimately didn't face any criminal charges, right? Mm-hmm. Like she had to go to five therapy sessions. And like, I was reading an article and it was like, well, it's because she doesn't have a history of like criminal behavior. And I was like, this is getting into a whole other show about the difference in way wh- in the way that white people are treated in the criminal justice system. True. So like We'll do a show on that later. But, <laughs> um, like, and she even got her dog back. She got the fucking dog back, right? She got the dog like after a couple of days. Like, so- no, she's not leasing that dog up.
1: Still, she's still letting <laughs> that dog off the leash. Not learning her lesson.
0: Disturbing birders, like just people yeah. just want to watch birds. Let people watch birds. Let him watch birds. He's just yeah. a handsome man that just wants to look at birds. He was Stop really it. handsome. He was a very handsome gentleman. <laughs> I, I was I was into him. Um, big fan, big fan Save of him and his birding. Fan. <laughs> um. So those are some of the impacts, like in general, like there may be some, but in many of these cases, and especially for those like involving celebrities and politicians, like Mm -hmm. the power, privilege and status of like these people that violate these norms, insulates them from having to endure consequences or real lasting damage, Mm -hmm. right? Like Louis C.K. hung out at his house for a while and then like got back on stage. Josh Hawley got a different book deal. And like Amy Cooper got her fucking dog back, you know, like, and had to go to therapy, right? Like, yeah, please give me therapy. Yes. What what do I have to do to get some therapy? Please, like, so expensive. (laughs) Oh man. So, I think this Vox article um, also was sort of like helpful in me thinking about sort of how cancel culture is being sort of viewed, right? It's like very few canceled celebs actually suffer career setbacks, but Mm -hmm. witnessing cancel culture backlash seems to send some people into panic mode. Mm. And I think that like, that leads into another sort of point I wanted to hit on and sort of like how cancel culture is showing up today is that there's a lot of outrage about cancel culture in some circles in particular, like it was the whole theme of the Republican national convention in 2020, Mm -hmm. like uncancel America. And you're like, Oh, that just, that sounds like something out of (laughs) the handmaid's tale, right? Like it's just, truly it's so scary. Yeah. And so I think that like when thinking about sort of how cancel culture has evolved from being this tool of boycott, this tool mm-hmm. of a collective voice, right? Canceling somebody was really a mechanism for calling out problematic behavior and driving attention towards this these norms that were being violated and this behavior that was awful, that was often directed at people with very little power by the powerful, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's been appropriated as this concept of um, like, well, everybody's just up in arms about being politically correct these days. I think it's like the new political correctness. Right. And so Mm -hmm. folks that, suffer some consequences are like citing cancel culture as the reason they are having to deal with consequences for their behavior and as a way of deflecting away from their own accountability for Mm -hmm. that behavior right it's like it's a tactic it's a tactic to shift focus away from their own actions and assign blame elsewhere while like riling people up and centralizing rage around like a more amorphous topic. Mm. Like, well, we can just be bad about, we can, we can be bad. (laughs) Well, that's what they're saying. You can be bad all by yourself. (laughs) Uh, Who said that? I can't remember. (laughs) Um, um, Or you can do bad all by yourself. Um, But it is, it's like a way of centralizing rage around this amorphous topic and driving. It's a, it's a, it's just a tactic. It's just a Mm -hmm. diversion tactic. and like the way that i i was like okay how would this work like if we weren't talking about cancel culture like what's another way to sort of explain how this operates it's like let's say that you have agreed in a post-covid world you have agreed to like go meet your friend for brunch and you are so fucking excited to meet your friend for brunch Mm -hmm. you're like i want i want that bloody mary i want that mimosa i want them mixed together even maybe because like let's live life let's just go yeah (laughs) let's go let's fucking go um and, but like you stay up a little bit too late on the Friday beforehand. And oh, no. So you're like in bed. You're supposed to get up at a certain time to meet your friend. And you just keep hitting that snooze button. And you're like, it'll be fine. It's not going to be a problem. Mm-mm. You end up showing up 30 minutes late. You lose your brunch reservation. You didn't even call or text your friend to like let them know. Oh. And reasonably, your friend is a little upset, right? Like mm-hmm. at your actions. And then instead of just being like, you're right, I'm sorry, like, it won't happen again. (laughs) I gaslight the shit out of that. (laughs) I see, I see, like, how my behavior was problematic in this situation and I'll work to do better. Instead, you, like, turn, turn it around and blame your friend being upset on, like, punctuality culture, right? (laughs) Like, people are just out here and wanting to be on time. And, like, no, that's not (laughs) the issue, (laughs) And then like you start a hashtag and like a movement and go on Fox news and complain about punctuality culture. Like that's not the problem. The problem is your behavior. Just Mm. sit there in the shit and own it. That's it. That's all it takes. And it just blows my mind that instead
1: of doing that, it's like I'm going to work harder to make it seem like it's your problem. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, it's just like, no man, just, just accept that you fucked up. Yeah. In a movie, I would think that's hilarious. In yeah. real life, I hate it. Yeah. Context matters. Like we were talking about, <laughs> cancel that bitch from New Jack yeah. City. That'd be hilarious <laughs> in a different context.
1: Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> if RuPaul said it, we'd be on board.
1: <laughs> I would cancel that
0: bitch. What do you even yes. know who it was? Yeah. yeah. I'd like, I'd go online, I'd support it. I'd, <laughs> yeah. But, like, come on, man. In the real world, just own up to your own shit. Like, it's just. Uh, it's aggravating. Um, okay. So I feel like we've covered history. We've talked through like some real life uh, sort of examples and how cancel culture is showing up for folks in, in the world today. But like as co-hosts, where do we come down on sort of cancel culture and all I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to let you go now. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Um well like a lot of things that are
1: pure and good ultimately it spreads out to the masses and turns into something evil and for me the idea behind cancel culture is good when we all align on the same definition like what you said if people would just listen to that one definition but instead there's a million others and the problem with that is we're in a disagreement with ethical and social norms and i've made mistakes and i'm on a journey of unlearning ignorance But I don't believe any form of homophobia, transphobia, racist rhetoric is okay. But there's people that agree with that statement due to free speech. So how can we possibly align on what cancel culture should or shouldn't cancel? Consequences as well is a great tool for establishing what should be normalized as like you get consequences for bad actions, but there's some people that don't see race as human beings or see other races as human beings. So again, how could we align on what should or shouldn't have consequences? So we have to dissect the cause and not the symptom. Mm,
0: mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I love that. Like, get to... Like, what is actually the problem here, right? Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what the real issue is and not get caught up in some bullshit. And, yeah, again, like, aligning on definitions, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how can we possibly... If we can't have a shared language and understanding of shared sort of concepts, right, that some people just don't even want to accept or engage with.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I know it's hard. It's very hard. It's a hard conversation to have. It's hard to deal with even by yourself. But it's like, but if you don't do it, we're going to continue to have these ridiculous disagreements Mm -hmm. on things that should be normalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I love that. All right. So that's where Felicia comes down on cancel culture. Here's where I sort of like ultimately come down on cancel culture. I feel like canceling or calling out problematic behavior and having it go viral can cause like some brand headaches for For people, right? Like definitely like it's a branding issue (laughs) for people, their employers, people they've signed contracts with like, Mm -hmm. and potentially there is some financial impact for folks who are called out. Mm-hmm. but ultimately it appears as if these folks privileges and the system we exist in create opportunities for them to bounce back after mm-hmm. a little bit of pain and it might even elevate them further. Right. Like in the case of Josh Hawley, it's like, it just gave this dude even more notoriety, more, right, opportunities. Name, yeah. more opportunities. He's just failing the fuck up. Right. <laughs> like just real quick, riding that glass escalator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and like, if canceling like quote unquote canceling folks makes other viral racists or misogynists in waiting, keep their fucking mouths shut. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not really losing sleep over that. Like if they just want to keep their mouths closed while out in public and not create a violent and problematic and aggressive environment for folks that are just trying to exist and go about their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. I'm not upset if they're too scared to open their mouths. For fear of getting canceled. Um, Similar to you, I think we really do need to get to a place of recognizing the actual problem Mm -hmm. for the problem when it comes to cancel cancel culture. Like the problem in general is awful or offensive behavior and attitudes. Mm -hmm. And we should stay focused on that and what we can do as a society to move forward through the root causes of this awful or offensive behavior and attitudes, as opposed to getting distracted by -hmm. calls that cancel culture is a real problem. Like, I'm pretty sure the real problems are still like, racism, misogyny, Mm -hmm. homophobia, ableism, and exploitative capitalism. Like, we got some serious problems, (laughs) let's stay focused people. (laughs)
1: Let's focus on that first. And then maybe yeah. I
0: won't have to cancel you if we understood this. Yeah. yeah. Like if we fix the root problem, like canceling will probably go away too. Like th- that's it's it. just, let's raise all boats lift to- together. Whatever the fuck that phrase is. <laughs> A rising tide lifts all boats. There we go. Second oh. try. <laughs> We're doing great on this one cup of coffee I've had so far today. Uh, so that's cancel culture. Any closing thoughts or anything else you want to add? Uh, I just, uh, I'm excited
1: for um, us all having the conversation. I think that's really important. And I think people are having a lot more harder conversations than they would have before the pandemic and everything. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad people are finally starting to see, um, but I hope that movement doesn't stop after we're all vaccinated and people are like, but we're okay now. I want to be back to normal. I want to be back
0: to normal Mm because normal wasn't good enough. Normal was not good enough. No, Mm not like not even close like we were way off <laughs> we were so bad and I didn't even know because I was so in it so I was like this, yeah. I'm fine and I wasn't mm-hmm. fine yeah yeah it's like I think there have been there's been so much awful about this year like with the pandemic but also just so much opportunity and I think we got to lean into it hopefully I don't yeah. know that's my take <laughs> <laughs> leaning into the right thing I believe mm-hmm. it okay all right well, that was cancel culture that that was great, Felicia. i had a I had a great time. talking That was through wonderful. The shit. I learned so much. yeah, and yeah, I it know. was so fun. yeah, okay. So like closing out, we've talked about like some heavier shit. Like we began this conversation with a discussion around sort of like binging um TV binging habits. What else mm-hmm. are you doing to sort of like, what are your tips from the pandemic bunker like this week? What are you doing? Mm. And with keeping in mind that we are recording this on March 27th and by the time we release it like the whole world could have changed by the time we release this podcast. Truly. As we see yeah. from last
1: year what a difference 2 weeks made, huh? Um, I feel like I've been um what are things I do that are fun? I did my I do my nails, I drink tea. Um if you want to watch a feel good TV show, Ted Lasso was really really good. Was it? Um, I heard good things. I wasn't really a fan of Jason Zan- Jason Sandukas. What? <laughs> I wasn't really a fan of Jason Sadekas. <laughs> <Sudeikis. laughs> I am a fan of Jason Manzukas. Um, I love Jason Manzukas. Oh my god. <laughs> so funny, so crazy. Love of my life. Um, oh, I love but- him. Jason Sudeikis, I was like, I was just okay with. I never thought like, oh, I love him. But after mm-hmm. watching Ted Lasso, like he just plays him. He's so earnest and like kind. I, I'm i like, I love, he did such a good job. It, that was a great show.
0: Oh, all right. Just adding more more and more things to my cue. <laughs> I'm here for it though. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm doing, a, I feel like I'm trying to maintain a perspective because i haven't i haven't been vaccinated yet and so like i'm really trying to maintain a perspective of like it will happen it will happen it will happen um and not get so caught up in trying to like let it take over my life like how and when am i going to get vaccinated sort of just being like okay like pay some attention to this but like maybe still do your day job too, you know, instead of just like being like on the Walgreens site being like, is it happening? I don't know. I feel like I know the answer to this. You're still not eligible.
1: <laughs> just like, Just keep it okay. together. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's been on 1B for like a long time and I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to that too where I am. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep, keep aggressively jabbing needles into people's arms. I'm here for it. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so trying to sort of stay focused on on the fact that it will happen and a little bit more patience. We can do this. We've made it through a year. Look at all that we've survived in a year. We can survive wow. like another month and a half of just like waiting. It'll be okay. We'll be okay. And then um, I feel like I just keep adding more and more sort of like therapists to my Instagram feed. So that's Ooh. also been helpful. Yeah. Just like quick tidbits of sort of like, Remember these things. I'm like, damn, this is good because like therapy is expensive. Right? <laughs> therapy is expensive. I listen to this podcast called Therapy for Black Girl,
1: and Ooh, in the beginning that? of it, it's really good. It's um, oh my god, I can't remember her name, uh, but she she's from Atlanta, and her voice is so soothing, and she just yeah. like talks about a bunch of different things. The first episode I watched, she was um, talking about uh, imposter syndrome and the different mm-hmm. kinds of imposter syndrome, and it it's just it's very lovely, and mm. um, before every episode, she always says, "Just so you know, this isn't a replacement for actually meeting with a therapist." And I always skip right past that because I was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> "Like, yeah, 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 that's a lie." Yeah, you are lying to me at the beginning of every episode. But thank you, I appreciate it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Felicia, this has been great. Thanks so much. We'll thank talk to you, you soon. Me. Equally Funny is produced by me, Kate Rogan, in collaboration with each episode's co-host. Our intro music is by Tim Durier, and our cover art is by Rachel Nevers. Episodes are edited and mixed by Area Code. If you're looking to get in touch, reach out to equallyfunnypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at equallyfunnypod. Equally Funny is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.